0: Welcome back into Bearcat Rewind as it is tournament time for Northwest Missouri State men's basketball. We have a bit of a double feature for you on today's show. First, we're joined by one of the greatest players in Bearcat history, Justin Pitts. Now, Pitts, a Blue Springs native, was a two time All American, the 2017 National Player of the Year, the 2017 Bebo Francis Award winner, and led Northwest to its first ever national title. He also walked away as the program's all time leader in points and assists. We spoke with Justin as he's back in the States after retiring from pro basketball in Spain. Now our second guest of the show is Wayne Cavati, an NCAA Division II sports analyst that provides awesome coverage throughout the year, and he is psyched with the tournament starting this weekend, so we'll get Wayne's take on the region and the Bearcats. It's a packed show, but a fun one with a lot of basketball talk, so let's go ahead and get rolling. We caught up with Justin Pitts at the MIAA tournament in Kansas City over the weekend, we just set the stands at Municipal Auditorium and spoke during warmups prior to the semifinals. And we dove right into the interview, getting his take on viewing Northwest in the conference tournament, this time as a spectator.
1: From this perspective, it, it's, it's kind of crazy right now, but overall, it's a, it's a very good feeling. And uh, I'm just happy to be back to watch my guys play and just enjoy, enjoy basketball.
0: Did you have a chance to get back? If I heard right, were you here in the summer a little bit? You got to scrimmage with Northwest a little bit. See these guys? Or was that previous years?
1: That every since I graduated, I go back every year. And uh, before I leave, they go back to Europe. I go back and I, I work out with Coach Mac a couple of times. I, I scrimmage with him, you know, to try to keep up and see see if I'm ready to go back. Because Coach Mac, he always gets me ready every time. Every time, it never fails.
0: Whenever you see these guys. A lot of young guys out there. I mean, do they kind of reach? Do the practice feel the same way as when you were in school? Is this team better? Is it is the same level? What
1: do you think? I mean, I, if not, if not the same, I think these guys are better. Go these ahead. guys are more more into it, more energy. I mean, maybe I'm was getting older, so I okay. can't move as quick. But for sure, you got guys, Trevor, Diego, all these guys. Like you know, so I mean, and of course, Coach Matt's gonna have his guys ready.
0: Of course, Trevor came in, and he got to redshirt that senior year, learned a lot from you. How has he developed? Do you guys stay in contact and talk a little bit?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I try to talk to him a couple of times during the season, but, I mean, from the, from the start. As soon as he got there, I knew he was going to be great, and I knew every record that I had was eventually going to be broken. And, uh, I mean, I'm happy. I knew, I knew the day would come, and I, I, I couldn't be more proud of him.
0: It's kind of crazy to think about the success, right? I mean, the Bearcats were were very good. And then your redshirt freshman year, Deshaun Cooper's senior year, I mean, that team was great. Could have won a national championship, probably should have. To think about where it's gone from there, is it kind of crazy that this team has kind of stayed at that level all these years?
1: Uh, I mean, it's not really crazy and I'm not really surprised, but it's good. It's a good feeling to see your your old school uh, continue to compete at a high level. And it's not really surprising to me because... The, the culture and and how everything is ran at Northwest. I mean, it was it's, it's it's only right.
0: The Sean Cooper's out in Spain now. Did you guys ever come across each other this year?
1: Uh, no, no, not this year. But I talked to him a couple of times, trying to see if he could come come visit or try to do something. But the schedule was too busy. But uh, we I mean, still keep in contact. So
0: this was it for you. You kind of hung it up, called it a, a career there, playing basketball in Europe four really successful years. What's that like? How's that compared to? being in maryville to where like justin pitts is the star now all of a sudden you're over there playing what's that like
1: uh it was uh definitely a culture shock at first uh, had to get used to certain things but uh overall it was a great experience uh i loved it and I, I mean i'm glad i went to go do it and i competed at a high level in good leagues and uh I got to know a lot of people, so I mean, for overall, it was fun for me. But eventually, uh, it was just time to be back with my family. It it was time to hang it up.
0: Is the style of basketball different? Is it just hey, it's basketball? Doesn't matter where you're at. Or can you see those dramatic changes from place to place?
1: Uh, A little more physical, but for me, I mean, I kind of think basketball is basketball. Other than that, you know, being my size, it was a little more physical to, to get used to. But other than that, I just go out there, try to have fun, and play basketball.
0: So we've seen Trevor Hudgens over the years, and and he's got a little bit more bolt to him, kind of a bowling ball out there. You're smaller, but it feels like that quickness and those moves, the elusiveness played to your advantage, especially think about that championship against Fairmont State. They put like six, eight guys on you and you still got around them.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, size, whoever's guarding me, size really didn't really matter to me. It was because I could use my quickness, and I knew that the floater came in very handy. I, I couldn't go to the rim. I had to perfect my three-point shot. I had to do different things to, uh, to score the basketball and make my teammates better.
0: It's unfortunate Zach Schneider be- kind of becomes the whipping boy that we kind of go to all the time for this question. He gets asked probably a couple times a week, who's the best guard to come through Northwest Missouri State? Is it JP? Is it Trevor? Was it Deshaun Cooper? Does that question get old for you?
1: Uh, I mean, a little bit, but, I mean, for me, as a competitor, always going to say it's me, but those guys are great. Trevor's statistics numbers, obviously, it's Trevor, Trevor Hudges. I mean, you can't really say anything about it now. You think
0: back to how this team has developed and how it's changed and that pick-and-pop game really developed between yourself and Zach. At what certain point was it, hey, this is a pretty good offense to work off of?
1: With me and Zach, uh, right, our first visit, we came in there. Uh, I'm sure you heard this story plenty of times. Uh, came in there and, I mean, we. I don't think we lost. Me and him on the same team, and in practice, everything. And then over the years, you know, you had Will, Ryan, Ryan Wilty and Ryan Hawkins. Zach. actually you had good guys. West streamer now, so.
0: Did you think that that, that tryout, like, I'm going to get a scholarship, I'm going to be a Bearcat, and was it still up in the air?
1: Uh, at that time, I, I I think it was still up in the air a little bit going into it. But after it, I kind of knew what my decision was going to be.
0: So we think back to uh, MIAA tournament history, big games, big shots. The one memory that sticks out in your mind, what is it?
1: In this tournament? This uh, tournament Zach Snyder hit the buzzer beater right here against Missouri Southern. Because if he doesn't hit that, it's we, we lose. It, it's over with.
0: I thought it had to be that, right? And he had C.J. Carr in his face. I had to see if that was actually going to be your go-to moment, too. When you think back to that run all the way through to a national championship, it's kind of crazy to think about how far this team has come. What's the relationship like with yourself and Coach McComb, and how has this kind of grown since that point?
1: I mean, even from the start, you know, Coach Mac was hard on me because I, I, think, I think he kind of knew what I can give, and I respected that. So ever since Danny's, I, I I reach out to him for advice, and I, you know, ask him. But, I mean, ever since I graduated, we talk pretty much probably two times, once a, once a month, two times a month, gets busy. I mean, we, we, we keep in contact pretty much, and... I know I can always go back uh, to Maryville and work out or do whatever with the guys.
0: So Coop was coming through, and they were very vocal. There's a certain energy that they kind of expressed in that way. You're a little bit more quiet on the court. Did he get you a little bit more vocal when you went to your pro career?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think I had to. I think it was good for me. Me being uh, kind of not being the vocal, which leader, overseas, you kind of, kind of have to. You kind of, kind of, you kind of got to show the guys that. You're the point guard. You run the team. This is your show, so they can kind of respect you. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I leave it up to Coach Mac. I leave it up to. I, I can go back to Matt Wallace, Cooper, all, all, all those guys. Uh, kind of helped me break out of the the shell that I was in a little bit.
0: Well, Justin, it's great to have you back. A fantastic basketball career, and hope to see you at quite a few more games on the road.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm home for good now, and I mean, I'm excited to, uh, to see what the future holds.
0: That was former Bearcat All-American Justin Pitts. Now, next up on Bearcat Rewind, NCAA sports analyst Wayne Cavati. But first, we want to let you know that our podcast is brought to you by the Northwest Foundation, providing support for the Northwest Alumni Association and the university's funding needs since 1971. More information is available on Facebook or online at nwmissouri.edu slash foundation. In Clorinda Regional Health Center, offering support to Southwest Iowa and Northwest Missouri each day during times of uncertainty through a local team of providers and nurses. More information at ClorindaHealth.com. Wayne Cavati is the expert on NCAA Division II sports. It's a pleasure having him back on Bearcat Rewind. Here is Wayne Cavati. March Madness is here, so we are talking with Wayne Cavadi, an NCAA sports analyst covering Division II sports. With us, Wayne, it's always great to hear from you. I think we last talked prior to the football season, or maybe it was the D two playoffs, but now we're diving straight in with uh, with D two basketball. How are things been?
2: It's it's a uh, it's crazy time of year, you know how it is. <laughs> uh, baseball's starting up, but you got to focus on the basketball tournament. But. Uh, Always love jumping on the show with you and talking a little bit uh, about Central Region basketball, especially this time of year.
0: It's, it's a wild Central Region um, as we just dive in and look at it. Kind of going into it, we, Four Hayes State's been in the Central Region rankings for, for quite a while. Southeastern Oklahoma State's also been a team right there, but kind of tough calls as they were eked out as Washburn slides in and kind of takes that final spot. Of course, Minnesota State Moorhead didn't help things out. Also, um, also an lar- at large bid uh, taken away from the GAC thanks to, um, Southeastern not able to finish things off as the regular season winner and um, that one being taken away. Do you, do you look at it and say, hey, Washburn was the deserving team in the end, or, or how do you view this overall?
2: Uh, it, it's tough, right? All of a sudden, it, it, it's like you said, first of all, um, Minnesota the State, Moorhead, and, and Southwestern Oklahoma State just flipped the whole region on the head. All of a sudden, you, you look at the central region, right? We, we've talked so many times over the years. And the central region is always tough because you kind of know what's coming at you, right? But so before we get to Washburn, just real quick, all of a sudden you have MSU Moorhead here, first time since 2017. Central Oklahoma, first time since 2011. Iowa, uh, Upper Iowa, first time since 2017. Minnesota Duluth, first time since 2003, right? And then so you have all these teams and. They pushed the, the, the Washburns and the Forte states right to the end. And you really got to go break down those, those metrics. And when they're as close as they are, um, I think Washburn's run to the final, kind of you know, the MIAA final, I should say, uh, is really what, what put, put them into the tournament. I think it really could have gone uh, either way.
0: It's heartbreaking because I know MIAA perspective, Fort Hay State's also deserving, but boy, they got Klossing healthy, they got Guymon healthy, and, and they were really good down the stretch, won eight straight to get to that championship game in the MIAA. So it's tough. We could spend a half hour just talking about that right there, but we've got Bearcat fans tuning in. So of course, we got to talk about um, that one, diving right in. Northwest has Moorhead for that first round draw. In the NSIC, Moorhead's kind of their washburn. They've won eight straight. They got hot at the right time. They claimed that automatic, uh, automatic bid in. How do you like this matchup for the Bearcats taking on a team that's pretty hot?
2: I mean, it, and that's what it is this time of year, right? It, it's all about momentum. Um, but it's also a lot about experience, right? Uh, so, you know, looking at MSU Moorhead first, um, the the impressive thing is you talk about the winning streak and the momentum. But they didn't just win the, the Northern Sun, right? They took down Augustana. And Minnesota Duluth and if you want to know how good both of those teams are neither of them wound up winning their conference championship but are still the number one two seed in the conference <laughs> so that shows the teams that they were beat uh, in the region I should say uh, it shows how good the teams that they were that they beat to get here and now they have another tall order in, in the Bearcats but I mean um, you know from an outsider's perspective you have to like the fact that they, they they're not afraid of anybody you know, uh, Gavin Baumgarner had uh, an unbelievable tournament, and if that carries over, he's kind of the leader on that team. Um, but it, but the thing that was impressive about them um, was it was their defense in that tournament against Augustana especially, and then um, against Minnesota Duluth, and that wasn't really their calling card during the season, right? They allowed almost 72 points per game. Um, they, they, shot, they allowed teams to shoot 45% against them. That's usually not a winning formula, but when all of a sudden March hit, they really turned it on. Um, now, Northwest has been there before and done it. I can think of tournament games. Uh, I'm sure you remember. You remember uh, 2019 against um, Mercyhurst. Mm-hmm. Remember Mercyhurst suffocating defense, and, and they still found a way to win. Right. So, you, you look at these uh, underdogs, and at this time of year, and um, I, you know, I ms the Dragons are playing. Outstanding, but uh, when you're kind of that Cinderella team, is the Bearcats the team you want in the first round? I don't think that's the right <laughs> equation for your story to continue. Unfortunately,
0: well, it's it's kind of tough too because you know Lorenzo McGee was a first-team All-Conference guy there in the NSIC, but you know they really don't have a true superstar. It doesn't feel like nobody that's putting up 20 points per game or, or averaging you know a crazy amount of rebounds. They're just kind of a solid team that takes care of the basketball and you mentioned playing defense at the right time of year so for as much as they're in a team that might not blow you away they also feel pretty dangerous in March.
2: Yeah I mean look anybody especially in this region right anyone in this region um, it wasn't like they, they're you know you look at that southwestern Oklahoma and and they were what uh, 14 and 16 right <laughs> and they won the tournament and they're in there it's not like uh, MSU Moorhead was like 12 and 18 or anything. They were, they were an 18 win team. Yeah, so they're, they're definitely very good. And it's like you said, um, it's hard to kind of game plan against them because they don't have that superstar, right? Like a team, if a team had a really, really good defense, and they can go into Northwest and try to take out Trevor Hudgens and then only have to worry about, you know, four people beating them. Uh, whereas this team, you really, without that superstar, you really have to plan for everyone to kind of have their day um and and they de- yeah definitely i don't want to make it seem like they they can't win this game um but uh you know this time of year you just look at the experience that uh, that a northwest has and, and, and in march especially and, and the way that tournament northwest missouri state is much different than regular season northwest missouri state and, and it's just it's a hard draw for um a team that hasn't been here in 45 years whatever it was 2017
0: when you look at the same side of the bracket, Minnesota Duluth playing against Washburn, of course, we've seen how well the Ichabods are playing right now, and in the MIWA we're pretty biased that way. Austin Andrews, the NSIC North Player of the Year, hurt in the conference semifinal game, missed the championship. If he can't go, can Drew Blair carry Duluth in this tournament?
2: Well, you know, they're, they're I mean, I don't know that you could replace an Austin Andrews. Uh, he's just, he's the big presence out there, you know, and Uh, I believe he was on the Bevo Francis, the first watch list, but so he's a guy on the national stage that we're talking about, not just, uh, NSIC player of the year, but like he was in that player of the year, candidate. So I don't know that you can replace him. Drew Blair is an exceptional player. And the other thing you got to keep in mind is including Andrews, all five starters scored in double figures, right? So this is a a very well-balanced team. Um, I love what uh, head coach Justin Wick has done with them. You know, they, they've turned this program around almost overnight. And to answer your question, that's that's a very tall order to, to for Drew Blair to step up and replace all of that that Austin Andrews brings to the table. But um, I think they kind of match up well without Austin Andrews against Washburn. I would be interested to see if they could get past them. How they would match up uh, in the next round with whoever they play, um, if it's not Northwest Missouri State, then MSU Moorhead.
0: And, you know, playing up in the Pentagon, they just played a conference tournament there, very familiar with it. So that plays a little bit of a role, the comfort factor, therefore Duluth heading into this NCAA tournament. Uh, but Augustana is the number one team. They're hosting it, playing on their home floor. It'll be a tough cor- course regardless for everybody through the Central Region. But how do you kind of see this shaking out? I mean, I knew Northwest has the title defense, they've got the experience, but Overall, as Augustina obviously is the number one seed, do they kind of figure in as a team that should make the run to the Elite Eight?
2: I mean, to, they if there's a team that's not Northwest Missouri State in this part of the region that's going to do it, I think it's them. Uh, Tyler Remersma is arguably one of the best uh, bigs in D2. You know, not just this region, not just on his team, not just his conference. He's just been – he's a walking double-double – um and all uh, again just uh, that seems to be the, the the thing in the northern sun is all five
1: guys that
2: are in your starting rotation are are equal right they're, they're all they're very balanced offense they uh, all five players in the starting rotation can score they're about three or four deep on the bench with guys that score seven eight points get three or four rebounds you know that contribute significant minutes and i think that's uh, the key to to Augustana's game, but the, in the same sense, you know, they are beatable. We saw that there was an equation that that beat them, and it was that defense that clamped down. Um, and I think that's the big thing. You, we could just look back at last year, even when it was a, a six team bracket, right? You you kind of knew going in that yeah, Washburn had that big MI, um, the MIAA double uh, A conference championship and victory over Northwest, but you kind of had a feeling going in. We were heading towards that Northern state, Northwest Missouri state showdown. And, and it's kind of like that every year. You kind of know the two power teams that are going to take away, not just the central region, but every region this year, I think it's completely different. I don't think that there's many regions that you could say, you know, I think Augustana and Northwest Missouri state are the teams that beat in here because I think it's so, Six, seven teams deep in each region this year that honestly can can make a run because of the balance that we're seeing. I mean, you know, Northwest Missouri State has five losses. That's the equivalent of some teams having like fifteen. You know, <laughs> so it's it's just it's a wild season where the playing field is much more level. So, um, you know, on, on paper, throughout all my Power Ten rankings and everything this year, yeah, Augustana is. An incredible team, but you know they—they've lost to the teams that are in. They've lost the, all the teams that are in this uh, from the NSIC in there in the region with Moorhead, um, Upper Iowa, and and uh, Duluth. So everyone's beatable, and it's crazy.
0: It feels like such a fascinating tournament because, and again, we look at it from the Northwest Missouri State perspective. Felt pretty good, boy. You make it through, and, and there are some teams you can beat up on in the region. But um, once you cleared that, obviously the Elite Eight last year was. Kind of a joke once the Bearcats got in. But Northwest, it's taken a while to get to a certain point. I think Coach McComb feels like things are hitting the right stride at the perfect time. And you look at this team, the way they beat up on Fort Hayes in the last meeting of the regular season in that MIAA semifinal game. The semifinal game, final eight minutes, Hayes didn't have a bucket. It was a 53-50 to win for Northwest. If you dial it back to the Bearcats' first championship run, To get out of the regional, they had to beat Southwest Minnesota State in the Sweet 16, 55-52, just a slugfest the Bearcats were able to pull out there. This feels like a team, the way they're playing defense right now, they're willing to go out there and say, we we could put up 85 if we have to, but we're willing to sit here in the 50s and just win a a slugfest with you.
2: And and I think that's what has always made Northwest Missouri State um, so dangerous is that, uh, you know, and I've said it before, is that, um, Coach McCollum is just so good at getting other teams to play the Bearcats style of play, right? But in the same sense, they have multiple styles of play because he's so well at adapting to other teams, right? So if they do have to take it down um, to that to, to a half-court game and just grind it out and wear you down and beat you down, and it's like you said, it's kind of it's not the exciting 95 to you know 85 explosive game but they're going to do it they're going to grind it out and they're going to beat you but um you know during the season you, you heard him a lot in post-game interviews talk about toughness and and they had to get tough and I think that's what you're seeing now um later down the road and when you when you talk about a, a championship team when you talk about a team that's won three championships in five uh, you know five years whatever it is um the, the, the key is that you don't fit on those big losses, right? There's no denying it. Northwest Missouri State, their, their, their five losses, four of them were to big teams, you know, two to Emporia State. Like, all these teams were battling for the region. You you don't look at those and, and get upset. You take them as a lesson, right? And, and the lesson was, like I said, you kept hearing him talk about that toughness. And that's exactly what we saw in the Fort Hayes State semifinal game is, now they're taking the lessons from those losses, and they're applying it when it matters. And once again, you got a dangerous Bearcats team on your hand that's playing some really good basketball.
0: Speaking of that toughness and the ability to, to take it to a half-court game and just say, you know what, we're going to play this style and, and slow you down, you had a, a an article up on NCAA.com that goes through and predicts how you think the tournament will go. And for the most part, I, I had five of the eight um, elite eight teams that you had, so I'm all, all on board with all of it, except you had West Liberty beating the Bearcats in the semifinals, and I, I'm not here to throw stones at all, Wayne, um, but you know, the Bearcats slowing it down against West Liberty, it feels like, you know, that's kind of the, the kryptonite there uh, for the Hilltoppers.
2: And, and it always has been, right? I mean, it, if, we, if we if we look at um, any tournament of years past, we're talking about a team that's made a believe it's six of the 10 last 10 elite eights right this is a team that gets to the to the big stage and they they always run into it um and they run into that defense that just they they can't get their press you know they have that killer press they can't get their press going they can't just get the running gun going and teams like you said can slow it down and take it to the half court game um but i don't know it just it, it just felt like uh <laughs> it it it's such a different team for West Liberty not in the style that they play but and they usually have like some huge score but this year they really do have two guys that are really doing it they just got back one of their big guys that was out um until early february and i i feel like they were really good all season but they're just hitting their stride and it just seems like this might be the team that could get past and get back back to the finals um but it it is like you said like first of all for <laughs> If for me, for those eight seeds in the in the Elite Eight to be right, it would be a miracle <laughs> if I got them right. And then for me to have the seedings correct, because, you know, they, they reseed everyone once they get to the Elite Eight. For me to get those seeds correct, to have Northwest and West Liberty, I'd be excited just to see that game. I, I have no problem being wrong if Northwest walks out the winner in that game. But um, it, you're absolutely right, you know, it, the the style of play um and, and the way we've seen northwest just shut down um high-powered teams like that with their with their defense you know it, anything can happen
0: no i'm with you i'd love to see the northwest west liberty matchup again and that's the beauty of getting in here of the miaa in the central region is so difficult so defensive heavy it's fun to just see the mix of styles um before we let you go wayne i have to ask you one more real quick we're kind of enjoying this final run of trevor hudgens diego bernard the dynamic duo together as they're kind of wrapping up um this final season here together at northwest missouri state we're sentimental is this one that you kind of sit back and enjoy a little bit more too because we may never see a backcourt quite like this in division two ever again
2: you you know uh, well the the easy answer is absolutely And, and uh you know, I, I've been. I have not. I'm not a, a very senior person. I've only been covering D2 basketball since 2015, but I mean, over that time, you know, it's just remarkable what they've done and how they've done it. Um, and and I think um, it's it's just I, I you can't even put into words. Like I can't. I'm speechless now. Trying to explain how good the two of them are and what they've accomplished. And so. Yeah, it, it's just it's just a pleasure to watch him. And you know, to, to, to say that Trevor Hudgens is having arguably his um, best season of his career, just think about that that kind of sentence. What that you know, <laughs> like we're talking about a guy that's one Player of the Year, he's one Tournament MVP, and he's out there like not only he's not only setting records, he's tying his own records, he's breaking Mi records, right? Like the, the, he's it's just amazing that he, there's actually more in the tank that he could bring to the table, and he's doing it. And, you know, Diego, I I think I told you this in 2019, the first time we ever spoke, there's nothing more exciting than watching Diego Bernard steal a ball, (laughs) separate and slam it home. Right. I I don't I don't care who you are, even, you know, when it happens and you're on press row and you're not supposed to show emotion, you stand up and you're like, whoa, like it's just one of those things, you know, and it's just it was it's been a really fun experience to watch what they do the the level of the the energy they bring and and just the dominating um you know seasons they've had in at the d2 level
0: they both had some woe moments in the miaa tournament if that carries over uh they'll get pretty hot and take off for a big run and you know it's kind of funny typically it's hey it's batman and robin these two feel like it's Batman and Batman out there together. So <laughs> looking forward to one last run, and hopefully the Bearcats have about six more wins left in them as we go. So, Wayne, um, I know you're getting ready to talk to Diego and uh, Coach Mack, and, and I think these will be published about the same times. Where can folks find that show and hear that interview?
2: Uh, well, it's, it's going to be on our D2 Nation podcast. Uh, we'll actually have it up uh, tomorrow uh, in the morning. Um, we're on Twitter. You It's uh, at D2 I I D two D I I Nation Pod, or you could just find it on my Twitter handle Wayne Cavadi underscore two V two.
0: Perfect. We'll be looking for it. We'll send it a retweet from Bearcat uh, Radio as well, so folks can uh, find that and listen to it. Hopefully, they're tuning in for this one as well. But Wayne, thanks so much for the time. Appreciate all you do for uh, for Northwest Missouri State and Division two sports. And looking forward to another fantastic tournament
2: yeah thanks so much for having me and uh always love talking northwest as with
0: you well thanks once again wayne Cavadi and justin pitts both coming on the podcast and joining us here today great to hear from both of those guys great at what they both do individually there as wayne covering ncaa division two sports and Justin, of course we saw him inside bear category and do some crazy things for four years and great to have him back stateside here after wrapping up his pro career I'm going to give a shout out to Alex Kurt, a Northwest Missouri State professor producing our intro and outro music. And thank you for tuning in to Bearcat Rewind. I'm Matt Tritton so long.